0: turn in your Bible, I mean, it's the easiest one you've ever done. Genesis chapter 1, come on. You can find it. It's right after the table of contents. You can do it. If you don't, don't have a Bible with you tonight, you can find one probably under that chair in the seat in front of you. We're starting a kind of a little Bible study series here tonight called The Beginning. We're going back to the very, very beginning, and we're going to spend some time here in the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis. I love the book of Genesis. Now, it's probably the book that you know better than any other book of the Bible, to be honest with you. Uh, because every year when you promise yourself that you're gonna read the Bible all the way through. Right? <laughs> then you get down to the begets and the begottens and the begottens and what all that, and, and then you kind of, that's it, you're out, right? You kind of fall out after that. So, you know this one. Look at it with me. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You probably have that verse memorized. Say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, Genesis means literally, the word Genesis means beginning. Matter of fact, the, where the title for this book comes from is from this Burke. But Burke in this book. In the Genesis is what that says. In the Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, Suppose if it was the first time in your life you've never read the Bible before, you've never picked up the Bible before, and you were to come to this verse, this opening statement, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it would be an amazing, powerful verse. But the bad thing is many of us Christians, especially if you started those Bible reading plans year after year after year after year, sometimes we take uh, this um, very first verse Uh, For granted, we don't realize what all is in it and what all it means for us and our life. I mean, it's just amazing. It's only 10 words in my English translation. Uh, In the Hebrew, it's seven words. It's a very short statement, but absolutely loaded down. In it, we can comprehend the existence of the entire universe. The great issues of life are covered in this one verse. It is amazing. Now, somewhere along the way, if you've got children at all there's come a point where your children have looked at you and they have asked you this question look at this next slide mom dad where did i come from right not from the cabbage patch the stork didn't drop you off, right? Where did I come from? Well, you came from your mom and your daddy, right? Or whatever, however, they, however old they are, whatever version of that you give them. And then sooner or later, if you've got smart kids like I do, they'll say, well, where did you come from? Well, from your grandmama, your granddaddy. Where you well, where did they come from? Well, they came from their parents. And they're, Well, where did they come from, right? And once you grasp... The simplicity and the complexity of that question, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, takes on a whole new meaning. It encompasses many things. It's cosmology, deals with the origin of things, it's theology, it tells us about God. Uh, There are many things that you're going to find if you read your Bible. You're going to find out about man, you're going to find out about sin, you're going to find out about Jesus, you're going to find out about life, and you're going to find out about death. But primarily, the Word of God is a book about God. And one of the things that we do is we look at our Bible and we always make us the main character in the story. And you're not the main character in the story. Jesus is the main character in the story, right? But we tend to put ourselves there. Uh, The Bible is intended to bring you into a personal relationship with the God of the universe. Uh, And in this first chapter of the Bible, this first verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In this first chapter, there's 43 times there's a reference to God. I mean, this is a... Chapters a statement about the truth of God. There's no attempt whatsoever to try to prove God. It's just boom in the beginning God and so I'm gonna make several statements about what I call the first statement in the Bible number one write this down This verse is absolutely Foundational for everything else. It is foundational for everything else. Everything starts here Everything has to be built on this. It is foundational. Look at this next slide. You've heard the story about Vince Lombardi, right? uh, The Packers were doing terrible. He's the famous coach of the Green Bay Packers. And they weren't playing good. They were playing sloppy. Everything was going bad. And Vince Lombardi goes in the locker room at halftime and he has a football. And he holds it up to his team and he says, this is a football. (laughs) He went and got, he went back to the basics, right? Foundational. That's what this verse is. This is the basics. It is a foundational verse. And it's foundational for a few things. A, write this down. It's foundational for logic. Logical reasoning is what I put in your notes. But it's foundational for human logic. Right? To, uh, what am I, what are, to believe in God makes sense. It makes sense. Um, Does it make sense for you to say in the beginning nothing created nothing and made everything and then here we are everything existed by accident? Look at this watch. There's a watchmaker. Look at this church. There was a church builder. When we look at creation, we know there's a creator. In the beginning, God is logical and it makes sense. Now B, write this down. It's also foundational for Bible revelation. It is foundational for everything else that you're going to learn in the Bible. Bible. Uh, It's fundamental in logic, but it's also fundamental to do with biblical revelation. Nothing else in the Bible even makes sense if this verse isn't true. None of it. None of it. Just like a building has to to have a foundation, uh, biblical theology and revelation has to have a foundation on which to stand. Uh, in the New Testament, there are 200. See, there's some people, some liberal theologians, that try to have you kind of do away with all this stuff in the book of Genesis and pretend like it's not real and not true, and that's just, you know, but science or whatever, and they try to brush it aside. But you can't do that. In the New Testament, there's 200 references to the book of Genesis uh, there in the New Testament. There are 100 times... In the New Testament, that the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis are referenced or mentioned. Jesus Christ himself multiple times referred to the first seven chapters found in the book of Genesis. Look at this next slide. If this verse isn't true, you don't have any reason to believe anything else in the Bible. There's no reason, and it's not even logical, To believe everything else in the Bible. If we do not know that this statement is literal, how can we know that anything in the Bible is literal? If you can't believe Genesis 1 verse 1, how can you believe John 3.16? The two are connected. It's the same God, the same creator, the same Bible. I mean, it's absolutely foundational for biblical Bible revelation. And also, write this one down. It's also true for personal reality. I don't think I expressed that very well, but... What I mean is human existence. It makes sense of your life. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It makes sense. It gives your life meaning, purpose, direction. If in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, if that's not true, then your life shouldn't, doesn't have any meaning. It doesn't have any purpose and it doesn't have any direction. I mean, if you're, you're like a a match, Your life is like a match that gets struck and blown out, right? Temporary and irrelevant. Um, What is it? I put that quote here in my notes. Shakespeare, you know, your life becomes a tale that is told full of sound and fury and signifying nothing, nothing. This verse of scripture tells whether or not you're a person created in the image of God. If you're a person created in the image of God or you're just a termite in a human disguise. Look at this verse, Colossians 1, verse 16, and you know it says, All things were created through him and for him. Who's that? And that's our Jesus. Romans 11, verse 36 says, For him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Listen, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. That makes sense. Your life can make sense. Your life can have purpose and direction and meaning. If it's not true, then there's really no meaning behind your existence. Uh, Jesus talked in the Sermon on the Mount about, uh, building your life on a firm foundation, right? He talked about the guy that built it upon the sand and when the storm and the winds and the water came it washed away, but then the guy that uh, built it on the solid rock, the solid ground, the solid foundation, he was able to withstand that's your life. If your life is based on in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a foundation that you can stand on. There's no other foundation that makes sense of this life without the truth of that uh, existence is absolutely meaningless. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we'll talk about that some more. It's foundational, but number two, write this down. I've already touched on this. I think it's factual, man. It's the truth. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a theory. This genuine, literal, accurate fact, brother Marcus, you look like a smart guy. I know that's what you're thinking. That's what you're thinking. Doesn't we No. You're telling me you literally believe in the beginning God created that? Yes. Well, how did just like He said that He did it? I actually believe it. This is a genuine, literal, accurate fact. Matter of fact, it refutes several human errors. Look at this next slide. It refutes human mythologies, all the different mythologies that we have. We believe. Um, Moses was the author of the book of Genesis, and the Scripture teaches us that Moses was educated in all the ways of the Egyptians. Moses was a very intelligent man, very well trained in all the wisdom of Egypt. The Egyptians had a theory for creation. Their their god was called Atum, Atum, in the beginning, Atum, uh, the god of Hierapolis. And what they believed happened is this: that he spontaneously generated, a tomb spontaneously generated out of the Nile River. Well, where did the Nile come from? So it came out of the Nile River. And then when he came out sputtering and spitting and other gross stuff, that's the universe. That made everything. In the beginning, a tomb sputtered and spit and other gross stuff and created the universe uh the babylonians they had a theory about creation as well they believed that their god marduk and the goddess tiamat had a fight and so marduk killed tiamat and actually cut her down the middle lengthways lengthwise and her carcass one part of her carcass became the sky one part of her carcass became the earth human mythologies what does the bible say that happened in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It refutes all sorts of human mythologies. Next, write it down. It also refutes many human philosophies. Many human philosophies. Uh, it refutes atheism, which says there is no God. It refutes polytheism, which says there are many gods. It refutes pantheism, which says that everything is God. It refutes deism, which says God is in everything. It refutes fatalism, which says that man uh, is in existence by accident. And it refutes materialism, which says that matter is eternal. The Bible warns us about the philosophies of men. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through what? Philosophy and empty deceit. Human philosophy is to do away with the existence of God from the very, very beginning. Right? Either do away with it or make fun of any belief in the existence of God. Uh, the Bible says that man wants to, the more that God reveals himself to us through creation, that man wants to push away the reality of Of God, but no matter how hard a man tries, it always comes back to the reality and the fact and the human heart and the human mind that God exists. Now, what is it? It's like the man that um, bought a new boomerang and killed himself trying to throw the old one away. It always comes back to the fact and the reality that God is real, that God exists. Look at Psalm 14, verse 1. It says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's the only verse in all the Bible that's given to atheists uh, because uh, it's not a head problem. It doesn't say the fool has said in his head. The fool said it where? It's a heart issue, man. Every time I was talking with someone before our Bible study tonight, and we we're talking about how many times an atheist. Have you ever known an atheist that wasn't a snob or to, you know, in, in more intelligent than you? more sophisticated. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. It's cute. You're so antiquated. It must be like a little house on the prairie at your house every day. So cute. But I'm so smart and above these things. Listen, it's not a head issue. It's never been a head issue. It's always been a heart issue. The fool has said in his heart, Actually, what that verse says, I don't have time to go in this night. The fool says in his heart, no God. Right? And what that, in the original, what that's really saying is, is, um, um it's not even saying that God doesn't exist. The fool says in his heart, no God. Like if a waiter comes and says, hey, do you want some more water? And you say, no water. That's what they're saying. No God. They're saying, no God. Don't want any of it. And it's not even the truth that they actually really truly believe that there is no God. Many times they're just fooling themselves. You're born in this world with a knowledge about God. Nobody's had to ever, 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 ever uh, teach a child about God. You'd have to teach a child atheism. Children just know there's something beyond this. It's a factual verse. It refutes many things. Next, write this down. It also refutes many human theories, the theory of evolution. Creation says, in the beginning, God. Um, while we say, uh, uh, in the beginning, God, that's supernatural. Uh, but uh, uh, evolution says, in the beginning, natural causes, cause natural causes. In other words, for us, it's supernatural. For them, it's natural, natural. Uh, you know the one, look at this next slide. You know the guy that popularized uh, you know, um, theory of evolution. Sweetheart of a guy. Charles Darwin, his book, The Origin of the Species. I didn't put the full title in my notes. A couple things you need to know about Charles Darwin. He's a bitter, angry man. Hated his daddy. He hated his daddy. Um, Angry, mad at God. I don't think that you could find a dictator, a communist regime leader, uh, a militant atheist, a Hitler, a Hussein that didn't hate their daddy. Dads are important, way more than we could ever ever managed? Charles Darwin, without a doubt, hated his daddy. He's angry at God. But let me read page 523 in his theory of human creation says this. Oh, by the way, in this book, it has almost nothing to do with evolution in reality. uh, I wish I'd have blown it up for you, the full subtitle. He wrote, he's a raging racist. And he wrote this book to prove why the white man was more superior than the black man, period. Now, don't, 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 don't believe anything else. Um, this is explaining why the white man was superior, far more advanced than the black man, and because evolution. The black man, according to Charles Darwin, was closer to being a monkey than the white man. Okay, and This is the man that people today are basing their theories and their life upon. He said this, all organisms start from common origin, from such low and intermediate forms, both animals and plants have been developed. All organic beings which have ever lived on the earth may be descended from one primordial form. In other words, all human existence goes back to one single primordial form. Uh, What was it? They don't know. Where did it come from? They don't know that either. So those are your choices. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, or in the beginning, some primordial form sludge that you don't even know where it came from, somehow made something out of nothing. Which one of those is logical? You see this church, we know there was a builder. You see this watch, you know there's a watchmaker, right? You see this hedge, you know there's a razor. <laughs> it's logical, isn't it? Logical. Now, I've studied these things and theories at length. You know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a cosmologist, a zoologist, a microbiologist. I'm not a chemist or biochemist or anything like that. I'm a Baptist preacher, right? And uh, I'm trained in theology. I have an education. I have degrees. And that doesn't mean that I know a whole lot, but it does mean this. I know how to read and I know how to think. And every believer, every Christian, has a responsibility to read and to think you need to see what your Bible teaches and see what these theories of men say and see which one is logical uh, see which one makes the most sense to you. God has given you a mind. If you're saved, uh, if you're a believer, God has given you a regenerated mind, which is even better than the one you started out with. God intends you to use your brain. Now, in the next few weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about origin and all those kinds of things, more about evolution and the days of creation. And I'm going to show you, you don't have to be an egghead to... Uh, to to believe what the Bible says, or you don't have to be a dummy to believe what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, It seems like every time as more scientific evidence and more understanding comes out, it just shows, man, how big and awesome God really is. So it's foundational. It's factual. Number three, write this down. It's functional. It's functional. What does that mean? It works. It has a purpose. It does what it was meant to do. There is a reason why in the beginning, God, there's a reason why this verse is here. Here's the first one. Circle this in your notes uh, to begin God's revelation. Again, the Bible is a book of revelation where God is showing himself to us. God has revealed himself to man. All science can do about origin is to theorize and deduct on the basis of what they observe now, trying to figure out what happened then, but the only authoritative source about what happened then is the only one who is there, and that's God himself. Matter of fact, at one time uh, in Job 38, Job was doing something. You've probably done it before. You may not want to admit it. Uh, he was griping at God. Have you ever griped at God? He was, and he actually got to the point. He got so down and was so defensive. He was almost, Job is saying, depends on which translation you're looking at. Job is kind of saying, boy, I wish God was here now. You ever heard somebody say that? I wish that boy's junior in here. I'd whoop him good. The guy walks in the room, well, I ain't got time. I got to go. So Job was having one of those, I wish God was here. I'd whoop him good. What he's saying is, if God was here, I'd have some questions for him if he'd only answer me. And then God answers in verse, Job 38, verse 4. He says, where were you, Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Now, was Job there? No. God was there. The only person present there when that happened and when uh, God brought the world to existence was God. God has revealed himself in the Bible. He says to you and he says to me, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's important. It's beyond human reasoning. It's a a revelation from God. You know, there's brilliant people that believe there is a God. There's really brilliant people that don't believe in God. There's some really stupid people that believe there is a God. Am I right? And there's some really stupid people that don't believe in God. Now just forget about this idea that it's a head issue. It's your intelligence. It's not... Your intelligence has nothing to do with it. Belief in the existence of God and the Creator God is a matter of responding to the revelation that God has shown you. You'll either accept it or you'll reject it. That's the function of this verse. It's a statement of God's revelation. But B, also, the function is to get us to respond. To get us to respond. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If that's true, then what that means is we have to respond. There's a response. You can't just, oh, God created everything, and then that's it. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says this. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. How were the worlds framed? By the word of God. So that the things which are seen, what you can see, were not made uh, of things which are visible. In other words, nothing made nothing. Some, I love how we talk about, okay, single cell, like you know, there was a single cell, as if that's a simple thing, like a single cell. There was just this one cell, and it made two cells, and those two cells just went crazy and made, you know, I don't know, stuff, and that stuff made other stuff, and, but the complexity of a single cell is amazing in itself. Well, it's a single cell. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, what you see in creation were not made of things that you can see. Creation was nothing to something because it came from God. And he says, we respond to this by faith. Uh, To believe in evolution is an act of faith. To believe in God, the creator, is an act of faith. To believe that there is a God is an act of faith. And to believe that there isn't a God is absolutely an act of faith. Both require uh, faith. But how you respond is going to determine how you live. What you believe always shows up in how you live your life. You know how we talk about it all the time. We say there's two witnesses, your mouth and your life. Your mouth says one thing, but your life says something completely different. But if you really believe there is a God, it's going to show up in the way you live. If you believe you're created by God, you're going to live that way. If you believe that you came from some green slime somewhere, you're going to live that way. If you really believe that you came from a creator, God has revealed to us from scripture. Your life's going to have some morality and some ethics about it. If you believe that there's no personal creator at all, then there's no morality. There's no right, no wrong. Most of those people that don't believe in a God at all still have their own morality. And they still believe in right and wrong. And I don't get it. It's not logical doesn't make any sense at all. If you believe that you came from lower life forms of life, then there's really, you're no more important than an animal. Uh, PETA, I remember I saw the, I think the founder for PETA one time. You know, if, if there are comic, you know, comic strips in heaven, I think PETA ought to have a big column. Because they make me laugh all the time. And I don't mean in a good way. Right, It's hilarious. And I saw one time where they were talking about um, the Jews, uh, the Holocaust, you know, and, and they were like six million Jews died in the Holocaust, but six million boiler chickens are going to die this year. <laughs> I'm like six million and one brother. What, what is he saying? What does that mean? That you're no more important than a boiler chicken. That's just not true. Again, but if you believe that you came from a chicken, I could understand why that would make sense to you. If you don't believe that there's a God who created you and whom you must respond, there's no hope in life. Look at this next picture. You know this guy, Carl Sagan, deceased professor over at Cornell. He popularized really much of what we believe about evolution uh, today. It's so funny. He's always smiling in pictures like that. And like everything, he's always like, Boo! it looks like a, like a picture from Star Trek or something. Um, a miserable man. And in his writings, you can see the gloom and despair that he had for his own life and for the human race. He said this, he said, our planet, listen to this. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great developing cosmic dark. There is no hint that help will come from anywhere to save us. Have a good day. First Peter 4:19 says this, "Therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful creator." You see what that verse says? It says, "You can commit your soul to the God who said in the beginning." I created everything. We can commit our souls to the creator who loves us with an everlasting love and has a face. Unlike Carl Sagan, there is hope. You're not on your own. 2 Corinthians 4:6 says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Listen, he gave us Christ. He gave us himself. The great God of creation became a man and became a person, Jesus. And he lived just like we lived. And then they murdered him on that terrible Roman cross. And put him in a borrowed tomb. On the third day, he was resurrected from the dead. And he's alive right now. And it was that same Jesus that was the creator of all things. In him and through him. Everything and all things that have ever been made were made by him. He is your faithful creator in whom you can trust. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, you and me, and he did not leave us alone to suffer and to die and to despair, right? Just to be what I say in the beginning, like a a struck match, somebody just blows out. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Your life has meaning, significance, and purpose. If in the beginning, God didn't create the heavens and the earth, none of those things exist. But thank God, they do. Amen?